Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where we still believe, fervently, I might add, that holy cows make the best hamburgers. They absolutely do. This is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, thanking him for a sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to his soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit will connect us with those around the world that need to hear this message and that they will be able to understand by your Spirit the deep things of your heart and mind so they may go forth in your power and glory and accomplish your will here on earth. In Mm, Jesus' Jesus name, name. amen. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Round Town, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving-kindness. The title of this podcast today is, Do You Believe God? Hi, Christy. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's a beautiful day here, and just seems like the presence of God is around us and guiding us and showing us how amazing He is. It's really true. Yesterday was not a good day. <laughs> But today is a good day. You know, nothing's ever forever. And even if you have a tough time, there's always a sunrise in the morning. That's right. His mercies are new every morning. That's very true. Yeah. And I've just been thinking about how in my own life, nothing is perfect. You always have this idea that someday, you know, everything's going to be settled. You're going to be comfortable. You're going to know what God's doing, and he's going to have all this success around you. And while that is theoretically possible, it's not like that at this time. And in the midst of all these things that are going on in my life, I'm still listening to God's voice, and he's still doing amazing things. It's just that it's never easy. Mm. And I've been coming to understand that it's not whether or not it's easy that determines whether or not you're following God. It's whether or not you're hearing his voice and doing his will. That is what is important. Of course, we'd always like things to go well. But even if it doesn't, we'll be able to say when we stand before Jesus at the great white throne judgment, we did hear your voice. We did do your father's will. Now, it's still going to be totally by his grace. I mean, my word. I mean, without his blood covering our sins, we are done for. Mm -hmm. But at least in some measure, we will have followed his voice and done his will. And that, frankly, is what will recommend us to him. And we will have forgotten all the problems that we went through doing that. Yeah, that's right. Do you believe God? That's really a determining factor in how our lives go and what we're able to accomplish and the directions that we move in. It's really easy to get caught up looking at our lives in a very natural-minded way and make all of our decisions based on what we can see on a horizontal level. Something that seems right to do by my natural mind. What is the direction I should go in? Who should I interact with? Who should I marry? What school should I go to? What job should I take? What car should I buy? All of those things seem of such paramount importance And most of the time, when we're trying to make our decisions, we go by what we can see, by what our senses can pick up for us. 
and we don't take the time to sit back and listen and hear what God would be leading us. Because a lot of times, believing God is not easy. It's easy to believe God is going to pay your bills when you have $100,000 in the bank. That doesn't take a lot of faith, but you can believe God when he says, I will provide for you when you've got that amount of money in the bank. But when you are sitting with your last $20 bill, and you've got the end of the month and all your bills coming up, it's hard to believe if God says, I will take care of you. But it's faith that pleases God. We have to remember that. It's not our works. It's not what we do. It's not how many people we bring to the Lord. It's not all the successes that we see in a Christian culture that are considered successes. What pleases Him is our faith. That's why it's so important that we believe Him, because it's our faith that pleases Him. Yeah, and how do you know you have faith? Well, basically, he talks to you and you do what he says to do, even though it doesn't look like it's going to work out. Now, a lot of times when God wants me to give money to people, it's when I don't have money. (laughs) Exactly. It's my last $20. It's my last $3, you know. It's like he's saying, trust me, son. Yeah. (laughs) I've got your back. This person needs that money right now. Send it over to him. And I just do, you know, most of the time. I'm not perfect, but... Most of the time I just say, okay, Lord, yeah, fine. You know, I even got the $20 by faith. You think that having faith and believing God is, you know, doing the big things, but it's really a day by day, increment by increment, moment by moment thing that you do. You're hooked into God and God says to do this, you do it. And you do it not knowing the end of the matter. Mm -hmm. I remember one day God told me to get in my car and drive north. Now, he didn't tell me how far north. And so three hours later, I was still driving north. Wow. And I was getting near the Canadian border. And I thought, wow, this is really weird. And I really didn't have money to spend on gas to go drive north that day. But in a little while longer, God says, take this exit. So I went and took that exit. And then when I stopped, he says, go left. And he kept directing me. And finally, I ended up at this really nondescript building with a little plaque on the door that said, Jesus something church. And he said, pull in here. So I did. And so I went in there and there's a lady sitting behind like a counter. And I said, okay, I've just driven three hours. God said me to come here. So maybe you can tell me why. (laughs) And she looked at me and she said, you know, I really been praying today that God would show me if what I did was right. Because several months ago, when I was in another church service, God told me to get up, leave the church service, and come to this church. And I've really been battled that God could actually do that kind of thing. Mm. And so you coming here is my answer. (laughs) That was really important to God. You know, that was a long drive. And I talked to her a little bit, but I didn't do much else. That was really important to God. And I guess the only person that would say yes was three hours away from her. <laughs> You'd think somebody in the town could have done or it. Or it made a greater impact because God would take someone three Perhaps. hours away and yeah. that made it really that much more impactful to her. So because I believed God, that lady was encouraged. And that's basically how the body of Christ is supposed to work. We're supposed to believe God and every joint that is fitly joined together with another person supplies what they need. Now, that lady needed that that day. And in the church, it's so mechanistic. You know, you happen to live within easy driving distance of that congregation. 
you happen to have enough time to come there on Wednesdays and Sunday mornings, sometimes Sunday evening. So you, you fall into that pattern. And that is what passes for Christianity. And, you know, it becomes a thing we do mm-hmm. instead of what we are. Exactly. We are doing by rote something that's been prescribed to us by others. We're not following the Holy Spirit ourselves. And therefore, what we're doing is not that thrilling. Mm. But I guarantee you, when you start following God, and you start doing what he says to you personally, and you see the miracles, even if they're small, happen in your own life, then it becomes, ooh, this is cool. I want to do more of this. And it may not be on Wednesday. It may not be on Sunday. It may be on Friday when you had to go to a dentist appointment. Exactly. And you have to call and reschedule it in order to obey God. But at least you'll be doing what God told you to do when he told you to do it. And that, my friend, is thrilling. That is thrilling. Believing God doesn't just mean believing him for action. Sometimes believing God means believing him for inaction. A lot of times people feel that they can't not do something that they feel like is prescribed by their church or by normative Christianity because they feel like they're obligated. But what if the Holy Spirit is drawing you into something new? I spent years and years and years being part of worship teams at churches. And every time you walk into a church, if they know you have musical talent, they'll put you up on the stage and you do worship. For a long, long time, that's what I did. That's where I felt like I fit. But then there was a time when God took me out of that. And I feel now that what God is doing is leading me in a quiet place with him, a place that's just me and him where he can really manifest himself to me in ways that I've never experienced before, where I can know him, where I can experience him as the God of love to meet me where I'm at and to show me more and to fill me more and to reveal a side of himself to me that I've never known fully. Well, on the outside, that looks like a lot of inaction because I'm not doing the things in the church I was doing before. But in reality, it is believing God when he's leading me in a new way because he wants more for me and he wants me to know him more and more and more. The end goal of what God is doing when he asks us to do anything or asks us to not do something is to develop our faith and to know him more. He wants us to know him. He wants to have a deep connected relationship with us. We can only do that by believing him to do what he tells us to do and sometimes to not do what we think we should do because he asks us not to or what others think. And that that is the biggie is sometimes you have to disappoint other people when you obey God. That's very difficult for a lot of us. Yeah, it's surprising how much faith people have for us to do things they think we should do. Exactly. Just Today, I was thinking about, you know, God has called me to go to a particular place in Kazakhstan. It's called Sime. And I've been called to do that for a number of years. So today, God was just talking to me and he was saying, I want you to go there. And I say, okay. And what he said to me is that I need to take a team, a team of people that have no other qualification except they, they believe in being spirit-led. And we don't go there with this big plan. Yeah, exactly. We get there and we pray in the morning and then we just go out two by two and see what happens. Now, it may end up just being a vacation or God may do something really spectacular. I've been feeling that he wants to do something amazing there. You know, we all think, well, you know, we got to go with a plan. We got to go with, you know, this big organization and... 
maybe in 10 or 20 years, we'll have a church established there. No, we go there and we just let God do his thing through us. And if he wants to, there'll be a church there in the next month. Or there'll be people that are being touched and moved by the Spirit, not necessarily in a church, because it's Muslim. They don't particularly like Christianity mm-hmm. there. And there's no guarantees. We may have just a vacation, but at least we would have gone there because we felt to do it by the Holy Spirit. That's right. And the thing that came to me today is that I need to take a team of people that believe in the tabernacle vision and hear God's voice because... I can't do everything. There's things that mm. I lack that other people have that may be key to God doing something there. And so if I don't go there with this idea where I've got to do something myself, but I just got to show up with people that are equally as spirit-led, then I can relax. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever God does, that's good. You know, that's getting to know God. Finding God and doing what God wants you to do is not an exact science. Mm -hmm. It's you launch out in a certain direction God points, and you trust him that you're going to land on the destination he has in mind. And it requires you believing God. And you know, the way that you describe that type of ministry to a lot of Christians, it seems kind of far-fetched and outlandish, but that is exactly the way that Jesus sent his disciples out. He said, you go here, you go here, you go here. And all the instructions that he gave was, don't take this and don't take this. And if anybody welcomes you, go there. If they won't, shake the dust off your feet. There was no prescribed plan. There was no sermon notes. There was no anything, any direction other than go where you're welcomed and teach them about me. It's not such a weird thing to be able to just believe God and go and do what he says. We don't have to have everything mapped out. God It's a God who lives in the present moment. That's why Jesus always told us to not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow is not where God is. God is not in the past. When the past was the present, God was there. But now that now is the present, what happened yesterday or last year or 10 years ago, that's not where God is. That's where God was. Whatever residual you have in you, whether it's something that needs to be healed or something happy that you remember that brings you joy, God can be in that. But God is in this moment now. So we don't need to plan for what's going to happen when we get to Kazakhstan in X amount of months or years. What we need to do is follow the Holy Spirit right now, knowing that as each present moment comes into our existence, He will be there. And in that moment, He will show us what we need to do. I remember hearing about a mission organization that was part of a church. And they said, in order for you to come and be on the mission field, you had to have X amount of money raised. If you had children, you had to have a college fund that you're putting money into. You had to have full health insurance. You had to have a retirement plan. You had to have enough money raised from people supporting you to have all of those things taken care of before they would let you go to the mission field. What kind of faith does it take (laughs) if you've got all that stuff set up? What God wants is us to believe him. When we believe him, then it's a moment by moment as he leads in this present moment what he wants us to do now. That doesn't mean we don't plan. Practical things need planning. There are things we need to know. I've got to be this place at two o'clock tomorrow. That makes sense. But as far as having to know everything that God is leading us into and how it's going to play out, our focus is to believe God now and what he's telling us to do in the present moment. Exactly. You know, there's this famous minister, John G. Lake, and he felt to go to South Africa to minister. And he really didn't have the money, and so he went down to the 
a steamship company and he got in line. And so he's standing there in line, you know, they're selling tickets and he's getting closer and closer and closer. He doesn't have a dime in his pocket. Mm -hmm. And so it comes to where there's only one more person in front of him. Then the person buys the ticket and then he turns around and says, you know, I don't think I can go. Why don't you take this ticket? Gave him the ticket to go to South Africa and God did miracles down there. Did amazing stuff. There's another thing I just heard today about Lonnie Frisbee. He felt that he was supposed to go around the world and preach. And so by faith, he just went to the airline and says, I'd like a round-the-world ticket for such and such time. Lots of money, none of which he had. And then he went to a meeting, and I think he was uh, just talking about how God was leading him to do this. Didn't mention about money, but just how God was really in this and that he was going to go and do this and that and the other. And there was a millionaire that was there that heard what he said and sent him $25,000 to go. Now, that's cool. Yeah, there's that's just, very cool. There's just, there's just a coolness to this. This is just <laughs> God doing his God thing, you know. And sure enough, he went around the world and did amazing things. We don't have to plan. When God says go, you just go. Sometimes you just have to believe God. We're not responsible to do everything. Mm -hmm. God calls a lot of people to do a lot of things. You don't look at yourself and say, well, I'm not this and I'm not that. Well, you're available. Exactly. If your That's heart often is willing, the determining right. factor is that you'll actually go. Right. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Exactly. It's not that we're qualified. It's not that we are the perfect ones to do what God wants. We're available. God's going to do it anyway through us. It's not something that we're going to accomplish in exactly. and of ourselves. It's not our ability. It's our faith that pleases God. And if we believe him and we say, okay, I don't know how I'm going to go around the world, but I know you want me to, so I'll start moving in that direction. I heard somebody say that they often will just start moving toward what they feel to do and wait until God's grace carries them. Sometimes we sit back and, well, if God really wants me to go, this will happen. If God really wants me to go, I'll have the money today so that I can go buy the ticket tomorrow. But what if God wants you to start heading in that direction out of faith? What if you just believe him and you start moving in the direction that he wants you to move in, and then he'll meet you there. Sometimes he wants to see the faith that pleases him, which is manifested by you moving forward, and then he'll meet you there and say, well done. I'll carry you through this, and we'll do this yeah, together. I'll take it from here. You exactly. That you're, you're ready. You you're know? ready and you're willing, but I'm doing the work, and your faith has pleased me, and we'll get this done. Exactly. And for what God has called you to do, you may need that kind of faith. Yeah. You know, the kind of faith that you think is just beyond what you could do mm -hmm. is actually the minimum requirements for the job that God yeah. has ahead of you. Right. I've been so flabbergasted about that when I just think that I have broken all limits of reason, all limits of anything, and I find out I've just barely begun to touch God. For many of you that are having weird things happening to you and you don't know what's going on, you're just, God's calling you there. You're being trained for something that is a lot more difficult than even what you're doing now. Yeah. And does it matter? Can we be crazy for God? Exactly. Can we just do what he asks us to do because we believe him? God wants to see, are you going to believe me? And are you going to do what I ask you to do? We have to get to that point when we can really believe him and trust him so that when something big comes our way that he wants us to step into, we have the faith to believe it. 
when God was bringing me into the tabernacle experience and knowing him as the fullness of love and showing me spiritual connection and all these things that he really wants to do, I had gotten to the point where I could believe him and knew his voice. I absolutely knew it was him. The way that he was demonstrating it, the things that he was showing me, the things that were happening around me and in me and through me, I knew it was God. And I needed to have that strong faith and belief because when the time came when I was challenged on it, it felt like it was me against the world and everybody around me. But I had to stand firm in that faith so God could eventually take me out of that and bring me into the fullness of everything that he's called me into to really experience everything about him that I can experience. And there are no limits to God. We put so many limitations on what we can experience in God. There's no limits to him. The only limit is our faith. The more we believe him, the further he will take us. The more we believe him, the more we will get to know him. The more we believe him, the more we will see aspects of him that go beyond anything we've ever imagined. That's the life that he has for us, but it takes our faith. It takes our belief to move into it. Yeah. I mean, I look back at my life. What God has done with me and through me wasn't always coloring within the lines. (laughs) And it looks like a messy picture sometimes. And I often wondered, why is that? You know, why not just go from point A to B and avoid all the detours that human people take? And I came to believe, and I do believe, that we are incapable of just believing God and going directly from A to B. Our faith is not sufficient to do what Jesus Christ used to do and walk on water. He took the most direct route where those guys were. (laughs) Right. We would have missed him, actually. Mm -hmm. Maybe they would have drowned. I don't know. But he does perfect things with imperfect people. Mm -hmm. And what matters is that we end up at the destination, not so much how we got there. We don't know all the external forces that were playing upon us at the times that we were going one way when we should have went the other way. But maybe unbeknownst to us, the other way was blocked. And if we would have tried to go there, we wouldn't have gone there at all. It's kind of like the way of the Philistines versus the way of the wilderness. The way of the wilderness is how they were actually going to get to the promised land without Pharaoh coming and taking back to Egypt because Pharaoh and his armies, they needed to be stopped. And so what does that mean for you as an individual that wants to follow God? Well, some things I have noticed with people is that if you're afraid to make a mistake, you can't walk by faith. That's very true. Because when you walk by faith, there is always the possibility you are going to make a mistake. Right. And so what are you going to do when you walk by faith and make a mistake? You just get back up and you change your direction Mm -hmm. by repenting of it and you Mm -hmm. go on. And that is really the hallmark of actual men and women of God. It's not that they don't make mistakes. They just don't allow that to be the end of the matter. They exactly. get up and they go on. They change their direction. They they recalibrate mm-hmm. and they reconsider and they go at it again. It's not that you fall down six times. It's that you get up seven times. Exactly. That's what makes you a winner in God. If you fall down six times and that's all your story is, then you will not become what God wanted you to become. If you're going to be led by faith, if you're going to be led by a spirit, you're going to look like a real mess to the natural-minded man. Mm -hmm. 
but it's the heart that you have to serve God that is the constant in all that messiness. David, David was a mess. I mean, the guy ended up over in Philistine land serving the Philistine king, and he was the future king of Israel. Okay, that looked bad. <laughs> so whatever you do in God, it's your heart. You're going to fall, you're going to mess up, and you're going to have some incredible victories. But yeah, in the right. end, you want God to say, he was a man, she was a woman, after my own heart. That's right. And the important part about when we fall is there's another aspect of believing God, and that is believing God has forgiven us, believing God has grace for us, and believing God trusts that we can do everything he's asked us to do because he'll do it through us. So often what we don't believe about God is what he thinks about us, how he sees us, the fullness of his grace that embraces all of our mistakes and helps us stand up, that can eliminate the fear of moving forward in God. We get caught up in shame and guilt and fear, and we have a hard time moving forward. Even if we know God is really calling us to do something, we think, well, I can't because I messed up before. I can't because I have this issue with myself that causes me to trip up on things, or I can't believe that I've really been forgiven for the last time that I messed up. And what if I mess up again? And I can't dare fail God again. I'm so afraid of what people will think. Those are all things that hold us back. And those are actually thoughts that we have when we don't believe God. Not believing what he said and called us to as much as not believing what he says about us. Not believing what he says about himself that enables us to do everything that he has asked us to do. We should not hold on to guilt and shame and fear in our lives if God is not condemning us. If there's nothing to be afraid of, and there is nothing to be afraid of when God calls us to do something, then if we fear, we're not believing God. If we hold on to guilt and shame over something we've done when God says, I've forgiven you, we're not believing God. And it's the belief in God that frees us from all those things that hold us back. Amen. Even if we're hearing him clearly to go into the mission field and do something, but we feel like we can't because of how we feel about ourselves or our past, we're not believing God if we hold on to those things. We need to completely release everything in us and believe everything he has said, not only about what we're called to, but about what he's done for us and the new creatures that he's developing us into so that we can move forward in everything that he has for us. Amen. And he's got a lot for us. Yeah. You know, for the person that's in Tonga that's listening to this, I want to tell you that God has absolutely called you to do what he has spoken to your heart. And you're wondering, who am I? Well, you're the vessel and he's the God. <laughs> and so what you do is you take what he told you to do, and he's told you to do that several years ago, and you actually do it. And then when you've done that, trust him to give you the next step. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. It matters who God is. And he's going to do the heavy lifting. And so you don't have to sit there and look at yourself and say, well, what am I? It really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, he can take the jawbone of an ass and slay a thousand Philistines if he wants. I mean, it's God. And anything plus God equals victory. That's so right. I would just encourage you, just move out, do what he said, and trust him to speak the next step once you've done it. The other thing I want to talk to people about today, people are being very mean with their love. They're being very selfish with their love. They are focusing on themselves to the exclusion of what other people need. 
What I'm talking about is the men and women of the body of Christ need affection. And we're so worried about how we will look to other people that we won't give it to them. I'm not talking going to bed affection. I'm talking about hugging and and sitting with them in public or kissing them or whatever God directs you to do. And I'm talking about things that God says to do in the spirit, not just you. There is like this famine for affection in the land. I'm not saying that I know how you're supposed to do it, but this famine of affection is a breeding ground for all kinds of sin. Mm -hmm. And it's mean of those who can be affectionate to these people not to be. I think that's very true. And I think that one of the mistakes that the church feeds us is that our relationship with God is supposed to be strictly vertical. Yeah, we have our own personal relationships with God, but we are a part of a body and the finger can't live by itself. We need to be with other people. Our relationship with God is not just supposed to be you and God. It starts there, but it's going to flow from that vertical direction to a horizontal direction. And there's going to be people that we're going to need to connect with, that we're going to need to touch, that we're going to need to manifest God's love to, and that will manifest that back to us. When you connect with God vertically, you will always have an expression of it horizontally Horizontally, to the people around you. And that's something that we need to remember. We need to be willing to accept. We need to believe that God is asking us to do that. True. And we're the body of Christ. It's just something that's a natural outflow of being part of the same body. How do I directly access God? And how do I allow him to be everything in my life and just do what he wants me to do and not give a care what other people think? What other people think, exactly. That's what I want. I want reality. The thing we need to remember is that when we are filled with God's Spirit, the Spirit within us does not stop where our skin stops. The Spirit within us, if we allow Him to have full reign, will shine out of us. It will come out through our eyes. It will come out through our words. It will come out through our hands, through our bodies. And it will be drawn to itself in someone else. And when we yield to that, The Holy Spirit in us will lead us to the Holy Spirit in someone else that he wants us to connect to, whether it's just for that moment or whether it's for a lifetime or whether it's for a a ministry purpose. There's no need to coerce. There's no need to beg. There's no need to twist somebody's arm and make them do anything. When we yield to the Spirit in us, we will automatically go to where we need to go. And everything that is ours becomes God's, which becomes part of that person or that ministry or whatever it is that God is doing when we just allow that spirit to flow out of us. Yeah, and that's why it becomes fun, too, is that we just start letting God do what he wants to. And really, you really never know what God's going to do. You just need to believe him. You just need to believe him and allow that belief to carry you. Yeah. I'm having fun just doing what God tells me to do. And all I can do is yield to the Holy Spirit for myself. Yeah, exactly. All That's you can do is yield to do. the Holy Spirit for yourself. That's right. And if we both yield to the same Holy Spirit, being that there's one Holy Spirit and he's of one mind, then he'll give us one heart. And then we'll have all things in common. That's right. And then there'll be no lack anywhere in the whole body of Christ because every joint will supply what the other one needs. Mm-hmm. There's one spirit, but there's many administrations. There's a lot of different ways to do things. All we need to do is be hardwired in to the Holy Spirit, and that will provide 
the grease that will make this whole thing work. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Well, there you have it. It's another God's Love <laughs> Club. And you've been here until the end. <laughs> and I really appreciate you being here. You know, take what is applicable to you and apply mm -hmm. it to your life. And don't worry about everything else. Right. If you feel the Holy Spirit really bringing to your heart and your spirit something that we've said, then just take that with him and see where he leads you. And if something doesn't feel like it resonates right now, then just leave it. Don't worry about it. And there's no condemnation. Nothing I've said today is supposed to be to condemn you. If you feel it speaks to you, all it means is change your direction. When God wants to correct you, he'll tell you exactly what he wants you to do, and you'll know how to correct it. Okay, condemnation is this, this nebulous thing where you think you're bad. Right. And there's nothing you can do to change it. That's not of God. Right. And that's not what I'm trying to tell you. So with that in mind, you have a great week. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a fantastic time. God's going to speak to you. That's right. And you're going to know the will of your Father, and you're going to be very pleased by the time you say yes. That's right. Just believe Him. It's all good from there. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.